skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash just break up. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. You guys can applaud if you want. Yeah, please do. Uh, which also gives me time to pull up the thing on my phone that I'm supposed to have up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this week, we're going to tackle topics like accidental dates, when your parents hate your boyfriend, mm-hmm. and healing from cheating. Mm. Uh, but before we begin, we just want to give you all our Surgeon General's warning, which is that uh, we are not legally allowed to do this. <laughs> we're not well, We're not qualified to do this. We have no training. We um, weren't even given permission. No. <laughs> um, yes, we're not professionals. Uh, neither. We're both English majors, to give mm. you a context for like our 
you know, life experience. That's right. But uh, we all had a bunch of terrible relationships, so we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. But this is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit in your life, however it applies. We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some laughs and maybe some understanding on the very confusing, but no, no, very rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to the live episode in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, you guys can make noise. <laughs> I'm ruining my outfit by taking off my jean jacket, but it's like weirdly hot up here. Yeah, no, it's very steamy. Like all of the windows are like, it's like Titanic. Yeah. Someone can just like slap their hand Titanic. up. And, uh... That's not a good sign to start the show with, Sam. The ship is about to sink, Sierra. Here we go. <sighs> Um, okay, so just so you all know, um, Sam and I have been best friends for 10 years. Uh, we've been running this podcast for a year and a half. We answer letters from all over the world. And every episode, we start with a check-in topic. Then we answer three letters. We end with uh, a blind date shout-out um, and an affirmation. But this episode, because it's live, we're going to take your questions at the end in between the, our wrap-up um, and after the last letter. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, anything else? Really big thanks to the organizers who brought us here. Please give Absolutely. it up to Lauren and Gabby and Second Wind Coffee House yes. for making this happen. Um, okay, cool. So what's our check-in topic today? Our check-in topic is something that you and I both, what? Before you do that, do you want to <laughs> tell them about the hellhole of this morning at the oh airport? <laughs> Uh, okay, so I don't, you probably don't know this. Why would you? But there's like a huge snowstorm going through Minneapolis right now. Uh, and it is, it was supposed to start at like noon today. And so everyone like changed their, their everyone in Minnesota changed their flight to be in the morning. And so when I got to the airport at seven this morning, we I all got there separately because we're not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we probably should have just shared a car. Also very true. Uh, when I got there, I literally could not find the end of the line for security. Like, for like that, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I was like wandering around and like, I would ask all the TSA agents and they'd be like, it's that way. And then the next one would be like, it's that way. And I was like, someone needs to know what's happening here. Uh, so I got in line and I'm like, not going to lie. I Googled, um, facts about Ellis Island in line in the TSA line <laughs> because I was like, this has to be similar. <laughs> you know, like it was so crowded. Everyone was panicked. Everyone I was just texted, panicked. I texted our producer Spencer and Sam in our little just break up group chat and was like, okay, don't stress out, but it's crazy here. And I said, the number one thing you have to do is not let the fear and panic permeate into your psyche. Because <laughs> <That's right. laughs> everyone's like... <laughs> no, people were frantic. It was insane. And then... Uh, Sierra's like Sierra's texting me. She's like, "Ooh, I'm getting you coffee. Like, oh, this is gonna be so much fun. We're going to Oklahoma." And then like, time just kept going on, and I was like, still in line. We're talking like over an hour in over the TSA an hour. line. Yeah. And so then Sierra's like, "Um, so the plane is boarding," and I was like, "Cool. I've still got like two like corrals of people to get through." And it's it stopped moving. Also, a woman fainted at one point. I'm and, telling like, you, Ellis Island. No, seriously, this like very very attractive man like ran to her restaurant. It was very dramatic. Uh, she got up. She she seemed fine by the time that I passed her. Uh, and then... You Sierra, like walked past. You're like, she's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone walked faster. They were like, Fuck I'm it. sorry. Every man oh, for yeah. himself at this point. Um, yeah, no. And so then Sierra like called me and she's like, so should I get on the plane or knock it on the plane? And I was like, I was I ready to do the show by myself, which would be awful. <laughs> yeah, she was going to like FaceTime me in, which would have been really fun for all of you. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, I'll wrap up this story by saying uh, I told Sam to run. He ran. They closed the doors. He was the last person they didn't let on. So Spencer and I, our producer, were on the flight like, well, fuck it. Um, this is going to be ruined. Uh-huh. I argued with a, a flight attendant. <laughs> While standing in the aisle, literally begged her to open the door for my friend. She said no. And I said, we spend so much money to fly on fucking planes. <laughs> of course, it's not her fault, though. No, so it's I not. had to like zen out. <laughs> I had to be like, OK, cool. Um, and then, yes. So he got rerouted. Long story short, we're here. Yeah. And it was awful, but then at a certain point it became really funny, and I was like, "Oh my god, isn't that true of most relationships?" No, seriously. <laughs> You're like, "Oh my god, the heartbreak was so bad." Oh my god, the heartbreak was so funny. <laughs> seriously, uh, and at one point I was like waiting for standby to get on the next flight to Chicago, and like somebody called someone's name for the the standby, and the man literally jumped and cheered and then ran <laughs> to the desk, and then I started like laughing in a really weird way because I was so emotional, <laughs> and everyone was like, "What is happening with that man?" But it was just so funny how excited he. Was was to get a ticket, a standby ticket to Chicago. <laughs> like he had places to be and he got that ticket. Yeah. I also did too, which was really good. Yeah. Anyway, so give it up for the TSA line. No. <laughs> Boo. Boo. I'm just kidding. They're doing their jobs. Yeah. They were all very kind to okay, me. Okay. Th- thanks for letting us <laughs> complain about that story. <laughs> anyway, now we're here. Uh, so our check-in topic is something that I think you and I both know a lot about, uh, which is unrequited love. I'd like to pull the audience of their feelings of unrequited love. Make the sound that you think of when you think of unrequited love. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> Wait, you mean you don't love it when you love someone and they don't love you back? That's weird. <laughs> I love that feeling. Yeah. It's like super affirming <laughs> and like really builds you up. Mm, so nice. Um, okay, so uh, yes, I, I think you and I have both been in unrequited situations. I think it's very human, For right? Sure. Yeah, and we're not talking like unrequited, like oh my god. I love Billy Joel and he doesn't know I exist. <laughs> but that is true for you. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we are talking about ongoing relationships that aren't just like a crush, but instead um, aren't just like a oh you're a nice person I go to class with. It's yeah. like a person in your life that you would love to have more of a relationship with than you already do. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So how do you feel? Let's let's break this down. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about unrequited love? Yeah, no, 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 no. But you can, like, answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought we were playing the game. Um, Unrequited love is, I think, one of the worst feelings in the world. Tell me why. Uh, Because you are, like, putting all of this, like, time and energy and love into this person, and and you're getting nothing in return. Yeah. Uh, And it just feels like a waste of time, but it also feels like there's nothing you can do to stop it. It feels like you're just in love with this person and they don't love you back and that's your sad, sad tale and nothing will ever change. Yeah. I think why I... I think unrequited love is particularly frustrating for me because I spent several years in like an unrequited tumultuous little situationship mm-hmm. and ended up with nothing, <laughs> number one. But also... Um, I don't think I was paying attention to the people who were actually available in my life during that time. Mm-hmm. Instead, I would have dropped everything if he had even like breathed on me, which he did a couple times. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I dropped everything That's if right. you get if you <laughs> yeah. get what I mean. <laughs> my pants. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> Just wanted to clear that one. Um, but uh, for me, it was that. 
that that foggy haze of of a situationship or like um when you're like close friends with somebody and you use that closeness of your friendship to like warrant treating each other like a couple but you're not really a couple mm-hmm. um and you can't like hold each other accountable because you're not a couple right. or whatever um it just feels like it feels like a game that you're going to play for too long and you're always going to lose no matter how. You'll never be good enough for that unrequited love mm-hmm. um, because they want you that way. They yeah. want you in a position to call upon you know, some nights to breathe on you. That's, that's real. I will also say that like the biggest unrequited love of my life turned into the worst relationship of my life Tell me too. More. So, uh, do you think that's because maybe you like over romanticized like the, the actual like, I don't want to say like catching of him because yeah. I don't think of like dating as an extreme sport, yep. but um, you know, like the, it is though sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a contact sport. It's the, like, do you think that, it's because you 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 kind of like get drunk on the want like yeah. oh my god just like what if we could get together one day and then right. you don't actually pay attention to the fact that this person is treating you poorly because right. you it's disguised as like a unavailability for sure that and once we got into the relationship there was such a power dynamic that was really unhealthy because I had for so long wanted to be in a relationship with him yeah and then he was the one that like finally after two years decided that he was going to deign to date me yeah uh, and then the whole relationship was built up on this thing where it felt like I always had to like earn his love and trust and he didn't have to do anything because I had started the relationship so deeply in unrequited love for him yeah and I, I also want to say like people are out there right now being like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're I not talking about a- me, though. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. my unrequited love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, it's not a crime to uh, have someone in your life who wants a relationship um, more than you have right now um, and you're maintaining your boundaries, right? That's not... That's, that's you just doing your thing. For sure. But I think when we get really close with somebody... Did that balloon just fall from the... Okay. <laughs> A balloon just slowly drifted down behind you while you were saying that really profound thing. I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) You're welcome. Hmm. Anyway, um, I think that it gets confusing because we all know what it's like to be close to somebody and to want intimacy. Um, And and honestly, I don't think that in my life when I have been the unrequited her, you know, the... I don't even know how to make that word work. Yeah. So like, when I was, let's just go with it. When I was the asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> who was like, I don't want to date you, but I want you immediately at my attention at any time ever. <laughs> that was probably because I didn't have um, the tools to recognize how my behavior hurt other people, period. Sure. Like, yep. I could say it in a more poetic way, but I enjoyed the pleasure of their attention more than the accountability to their feelings. That's Ooh. right. Yeah. Listen, though, oh, we've all been there. it sucks when you're like, ah, that was a bad thing that I did. <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think one of the things that's important in situations like that is, like, it can be really easy to fall back on each other quite a bit because, like, you all know that, like, this person's quite in love with me. Yeah. But I think, like, being the person who is uh, the unrequited yeah. yeah it's important to like recognize that the, that person has feelings because like if they haven't even said it explicitly like you can tell usually um, and like it's important to be able to understand that and make choices 
about your behavior based on that understanding. Yeah. And like, I have also been the person who has been the object of unrequited love. And I also didn't do very well with it, but um, flattering. It is really flattering. Uh, But it's important to be like, listen, I know this person has feelings about me and I need to be cognizant of that in the way that I interact with them. There's another balloon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the the antithesis of Bill Clinton at the debate, uh, however, a billion years ago. No, when Bill was like... (laughs) (laughs) Instead, I'm like a, you know, gym, a volleyball player. Anyway, get this um, out of my face. The last thing I'll say about unrequited love that I think is hard, um, and it may not always be universally true, but when I think about my one great, true, unrequited love that ended up being a tool, mm-hmm. um, it, I wasn't allowing myself to see that person as a full human being. I was, I was right. only seeing him as something that I couldn't have. Right. And I was getting dr- literally drunk off the, I- off of the idea of him and just thinking, and we've said this before on the podcast, but he, I kept on being like, Oh my God, this guy is so perfect for me, even though he's treating me so poorly, mm-hmm. but I know he has it in him to treat me really well. Yeah, he's right. giving me 40% <laughs> of himself. But one day if he chooses to love me, mm-hmm. he can give me a hundred percent of himself. For sure. But then I had the realization that his 40% to me was his 100%. That was the best I was ever going to get from him because that's how much he was... That's that's what he was giving to me. I wasn't allowing myself to see him as a whole person. But also, um, he... I wasn't allowing myself to see that he was treating me poorly because I was too in, infatuated with the idea of how he could treat me yep. if he decided to, d- to find me desirable. For sure. And I think as a person who got into a relationship with someone who they had unrequited love for, it's like so much easier to ignore the red flags when you're just in love with the person from afar. But then those red flags become really real when you're actually dating yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and so like, if you're in unrequited love, maybe like look for some of those red flags and be like, what would it actually be like to date this person who likes to tell me all about the other people that they're sleeping with or likes to put me down in a funny way in front of their friends. Like all of those things that we sort of ignore because you, it's like, Oh, well this is my friend about hooking up with somebody else. Like shit or get off the pot. And I don't really (laughs) want to use that analogy when it comes to (laughs) relationships, but I couldn't think of anything else. Um, and the last thing I think I was uh, the last thing I want to say too is I think we always forget that even if we want someone we can't have at the end of the day we should train our brains to want someone who wants us. Yeah. Like, sh- wouldn't it be great? Like, if our natural reaction to things were like, "Oh, you don't want me? Cool. I recognize that. I respect that. I'm gonna know. I'm gonna step away instead of being like, "Oh my God, I'm not good enough. They don't want me. I just want to want them so much. Right. I, you know, like instead yep. of like respecting ourselves enough to say like, "I'm whole and worthy of somebody who actually recipro- reciprocates." Right. You know, and um, that should be like the number one thing I look for in a partner is whether yeah. or not they want to love me. Yeah, <laughs> and really, in reality, like my number one thing is like, do they have eyes? Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> Mm, have they once said one thing that was nice (laughs) about me (laughs) done i'll marry you all right yeah that's probably it yeah that's great okay cool get into some letters let's do it okay all right our first oh wait y'all know that these letters are from yeah so like the people that wrote these letters are like in this room right now (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i know the drama of it all um or they're not. Yeah, they might not be here. <laughs> yeah, or they're like, well, fuck these people. Um, 
but normally we accept letters from people all over the world, but today we thought it'd be really cool to pull from your community. That's so. right. So we I'm appreciate. Cold now, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we appreciate everyone that submitted letters. Um, we're excited to be able to answer letters for people who are like actually here. Yeah, cool. So if you feel comfortable afterwards, come hit us up and tell us if but you think our during, advice. Because yeah. we don't want people to be like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Did you write this? Yeah. All right. Uh, so this letter is submitted by Anonymous. I apologize if this letter comes across as sporadic. I am writing this in the midst of what is the most difficult time I've had in a very long time. Recently, I dumped my ex-partner, who was honestly extremely toxic towards me, and it was simultaneously the easiest and hardest decision I ever made. He constantly belittled my insecurities, berated me any time I felt there was an issue with the relationship, and wanted to talk it through, threatened to dump me many times, and then told me that my res- or that they were mere responses to the horrible things I did to him, which were usually me having a panic attacks or a major depressive episode. The only thing that was consistently good was sex, and even then, there were moments I would wonder if things were really okay in that department, such as him taking pictures of my ass in public without my consent. Despite this, he told me he was in love with me and even bought a ring for me for the day he would propose to me. However, as I've been going through college, I've realized I don't want to be engaged in college or married right out of college. I expressed these feelings towards him, and he said he could never trust me again, and that I ruined all of his plans to propose to me on Christmas Day, and the problem with that is I never thought he would propose so soon, considering the week before, he literally invited a girl over while me and his roommate were out of town, and he got angry at me for being insecure." If I'm being 100% honest, the moment he did that, I knew the relationship was over. I felt no desire to be with someone who did not respect me and only thought of uh, me as an asset. It was around then that I met someone and was swept off my feet by them. This person, let's call them A, is the most caring and patient person I have ever met. And when I was around them, I had felt more loved than I ever felt with my partner in the year and a half that I dated them. A quickly became someone I considered a friend, and honestly, I th- never thought that I'd be that uh, they'd be interested in me, because I thought that they were too good for me. So when they asked me to go see a movie, I accepted. A never picked me up, nor did A ask about my relationship. So I assumed that until then, or until that day, that it was platonic. The day before this would have. The day before this, what would later be a date, I finally broke up with my ex after a lot of contemplation. When A and I met up, we went to the movies and did all the stereotypically first date things, and that's when I realized I needed to tell A about the situation. So I told A that I had just gotten out of a relationship, and they did not seem very bothered by this, and the date felt pretty normal. A even kissed me and wanted to go on another date. I felt even more intensely attracted to this person after the date and thought things would go well for me. I was wrong. After a week of hardly speaking to each other, I asked what the deal was, and A explained that they were simply not comfortable with the fact that I knowingly accepted a date while taken. I tried to explain that I didn't really know and that the relationship was dead at that point anyways, and A said they simply had a bad feeling that wasn't going away and that it reminded them of a past relationship and that it would be wrong to lead me on. I felt heartbroken, not just because of this rejection, but also because at the same time, my ex was spamming my phone telling me how horrible of a girlfriend I was and how my ex hated me and never wanted to see me or even hear from me again. Even though my ex was abusive to me, I never wanted them completely gone because I still cared about them. And I... And I knew that they were struggling with many other life issues and were mostly on their own. It was like my heart shattered, glued itself together, and then shattered again. 
A is everything that my ex is not, and I want to be with them, but now I know that probably won't happen, and it is completely my fault. I just know seeing them again is going to hurt. I don't know how to get over this. I wish I had dumped my ex sooner because maybe things would be different, but I was too invested in them to do it, and I hate myself for that. Thank you so much for writing Anonymous. Absolutely. This is definitely a bit of a pickle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So... Just want to tackle one thing. Absolutely, without question, you deserve to block your abusive ex. Absolutely. And it is no longer your responsibility to be a support system for that person, even though they may not have a bigger support system in their life. Mm-hmm. They have proven that they are not a safe, sustainable, or kind person in your life. And therefore, you no longer need to sacrifice any of your comfort or your well-being to keep this person in your life. We so often think that we need to be friends with our exes or that we need to parent them or... Um, soften the world. We, we think we need to be friends with them. Right. Don't get me wrong. I am friends with my exes. Um, some of them. Yeah, not all, though. <laughs> Thank God. Very few of them, actually, if I'm <laughs> actually being accountable. Um, but uh, I just want to say that that, that person, I want to give you permission to make space for your own comfort and your own healing. Like, you don't owe this just because you spend lots of time with someone and you have intimate moments with them doesn't mean you don't deserve to take up space or have standards for the way people teach treat you. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, like, sure, A sounds like a great person, and we're going to tackle that issue next. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say you deserve the space to heal from this abusive relationship. You no longer need to make space for someone who is cruel to you. Right. It, I, I don't... I, I'm not shitting on anyone who has done this because we all lash out when we're hurting, like how I yelled at that flight attendant today. I was hurting. <laughs> my friend was, I, my anger was coming to the surface and I could no longer like communicate in a way that I felt comfortable with. Uh-huh. I was very, I was not mean. <laughs> I wasn't mean. Um, I, I just, I, I, I saw a glimpse of me getting kicked off the plane if I didn't have be- better coping mechanisms. <laughs> but I do, thank God. Anyway, uh-huh. th- so, but for example, I have never in my 33 years sent a text to my ex that said, I fucking hate you. Yeah. You suck. You're an evil person. I've never done that. And that's not a better than thou thing because I've done other bad things. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, and, but that type of behavior, like that's not a friend. Like my best friends here don't ever text me and tell me that they, I'm a bad person. That's not what friends do. So right. you don't need to make space for your ex that I'm done with that <laughs> rant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. But what do you think that anonymous should do, uh, about a, okay. Um, a I'm sure is a really nice person and a has every right to say that they're triggered by you, by what happened, For by sure. what unfolded, like their experience of things is just as valid as your experience of things. Um, and I too have gone on an accidental date and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but what I'm concerned of anonymous in this situation is that, um, well, it's similar to what I said before. I'm sure a is a great person and you may be compatible and, and, and worthy of each other. Um, but, they're not your life raft away from this trauma mm-hmm. and this toxic relationship. Yep. Their love is not going to um, fix your life. Your life is fixed as is, right? right? We're not broken people. We're just people learning how to be fucking people, which is literally the hardest thing in the world. For sure. And um, I'm afraid that you're seeing all the goodness in A 
and you're seeing that as like it's it's either disease i deserve this no no what you're saying is i don't even deserve this terrible um treatment from my first ex mm-hmm. and i and i'm no longer wanted or deserving of this good love so i'm deserving of nothing <laughs> right yeah and that's just not true your anxiety and your fear and the rejection that you're feeling is telling you that but that's not that's not what's happening here for sure and I think um, what sucks is that sometimes we can do things with the best of intentions and not even make a mistake, right? And we still can't control how people react to the things that we do. Right. And so you going out on this date, like you, all of the reasons that you laid out for us are make it perfectly justifiable why you would go on this date with this person because you didn't know and you had already broken up with your ex, right? And also, like, it, was that the most responsible thing well, I, I don't even care. I've totally done this, number one. <laughs> um, it was the start of my five-year relationship. Right. That's Ooh. true. Whoops. <laughs> um, but I I don't even... Even if you did this knowing, yeah. the, at the end of the day, I don't think that you're a bad person or you've done something wrong. However, you your experience of that is valid and A's experience of it is valid. Too. That's right. And you can't control how A reacts to it or yeah. what A decides is in their best interest, right? And and that is an unfortunate thing, but it also doesn't mean that you made a mistake. Yeah. It also means that you didn't it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. Just because this person is reacting in a way because they're triggered by their past relationship or they want to blame you for something doesn't mean that that's actually true. Yeah. And so you can take that blame off of yourself. You can say this is just how this person is reacting to what I've done when I know in my heart that I didn't do anything wrong. And I can't, right. I can't change the way that A is reacting to this, but I can know that, that what I did was with the best intentions and I didn't mean to hurt anyone. Yeah. And, and I want, I'm sure that there's maybe some people out here who are like, mm, they definitely did do something wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, because I would never go on a date when I was in a relationship. And that's fair. I mm-hmm. think that's a fair assessment. Um, and to that, Anonymous, I would also say, even if your heart was like confused or maybe interested in something else, or uh, unhappy, the underlying issue in this letter is not your compatibility with your abusive ex, or A, or your or anything. My number one issue is that I don't really see you standing up for yourself, or mm. drawing a line, right. or like, if, if you knew the relationship was over, um, you deserve to tell them that you no longer want to be with this person. Right. Like, like, I, what I'm saying is I'm not sh- I don't want to shame you for not breaking up because I'm atrocious at breaking up even though I'm a host <laughs> of a podcast called Just Break Up. Um I'm I'm I have historically been terrible at it. Um but what I'm wondering and what I would ask of you anonymous is to put these two people out of your head, mm-hmm. block your fucking ex, do it on your phone, your fucking Google, That's Gmail, right. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> Snapchat, Facebook, it's all of your them. Your brain WhatsApp. will feel clearer when you don't have them in it. And they right. they don't 
un- unblock them in three months. Set a timer on your phone. I don't care. But you need space right now to not have anybody else in your head. And A is a nice person. But A is not going to solve your problems. And A's anti-love for you doesn't define your lovability. So what I would encourage you to do is to look back on that year and a half abusive relationship. And my love, I know I have been there. And I have loved people who treated me so poorly for years. I have been there. But your job now is to not go out and find someone who can love you better. Your job now is to find out how you can love yourself better by maintaining healthy boundaries and knowing what you deserve from other people. Absolutely. So I don't care that you went on this date. I don't, I think it's, I I think it's neutral, right? It's neutral. What is it in Dungeons and Dragons? Thank you, my fellow people. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's neutral. But um, what I will say, what, what what the underlying issue we want you to get to is why you didn't make space for yourself to leave the relationship in the first place. Um, and why you are allowing this rejection from this one person to totally define your understanding of yourself and whether or not you are lovable or able to be in relationship with others, yeah. right? And that that comes from the things that we talk about: self love, self forgiveness. Uh, you didn't you didn't do anything to cause your abusive relationship, and you are deserving of better. You didn't do anything to cause this person to reject you, and you deserve better, right? All of those things are true, and so A deserves better. Everybody deserves better. Everybody deserves better, uh, and so we just want you to know that, and we want uh, we want it to go from our lips to your heart, right? We want. All, we want everyone in this room, actually, to understand that you um, you did not force the thing, the bad things and the traumas that, that occurred to you to happen to you, and you deserve better than them. Yes. Cool. Great. Anonymous, thank you so much for writing. Yes. We love, we love you. you. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually, so I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. 
All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our second letter is really short and sweet, and it's the only letter I'm reading today. So we were laughing that Sam has to read like 14 paragraphs, and I have to read this. Yeah. <laughs> also, the font is single-spaced and very small. Okay. Our second letter is also from Anonymous. Oh, great. What do I do when my mom doesn't seem to like my boyfriend? Mm. Things got really bad during the year, and I chose to be nice to her, be, good on, uh, be on her good side. I don't know if my boyfriend resents that, even when I ask him. Hmm. Okay, so we're going to infer a lot of things here. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've only got three sentences, so we're going to make up a lot of shit. But we can pull a basic... <laughs> yeah. They're robots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that the relatable topic here is when... What do we do when someone we love doesn't like the person we're dating? And parents... Adding parents into the mix is yep. like an extra like special little shit sauce. For sure. Sprinkled on things. Because we... Depending on our relationship with them, we more than likely often feel some sort of onus to make them proud or right. or whatever complicated childhood shit that is. Um, have you ever dated someone that your parents didn't like? Mm, yes. Okay. How was that for you? <laughs> um, well, I, uh, my mother didn't love my high school boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, she liked him, but she didn't love how intensely in love we were and how we're going to get married and like have oh. so many babies. Is this and the one that you had sex in the tent with? Uh, <laughs> 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 Do you know what the funny story about that is? <laughs> what is the funny story? So the context that Sam is saying is that the, the, when I lost my virginity, it was in a tent on a little league field. <laughs> That's not the funny story. The funny story is, um, so we would like sneak out of our house and like, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, <laughs> and the day that we were like, we're going to do it. We're going to have sex. Um, we started out fooling, out, fooling around in, um, which, what would essentially be like a, a tree house. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or did like you a, ever have like sex a playground? inside? <laughs> Um, or is it just like always out in the open, different places? You know what? When you're a high schooler student, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. That's right. Which that's is true. stay in school, <laughs> get the fuck out of your hometown. Please do not have sex in a tent on a Little League field. That just sounds like a, a d- recipe for disaster. It was a good time. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, sex no, in high school, like... it was so mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So, um, yes, my, my mother didn't like that we were so obsessed with each other and we spent so much time together. Um, Mm -hmm. I wish that she articulated that to me looking back, like after therapy and stuff like that. I wish that she was, I wish that she bigged me up instead of like talking down to me. Yeah. I wish she was like, you deserve to have your own hobbies instead of just like sucking on your boyfriend's neck. Neck, huh? Okay. <laughs> I feel like hickeys are only appropriate in high school. True, hickeys true. are like the the physical manifestation of a Blink-182 neck tattoo. That's right. Like, out of date, awesome once, but out of date. Uh, we were just talking about... The, uh, uh, okay, sorry. No, we were talking about Green Day. I we got, I got Day, like yeah. my white punk boy <laughs> bands mixed up. Uh, I will say that after college I once got a hickey on my mouth because I made out with a dude in a club and he bit my lip so hard that it like started bleeding. Was it my boyfriend? <laughs> do you remember that story? I you want to talk about that, that yeah. story? Uh-huh. I once I made out with uh, Sierra's boyfriend. No, it was a different man. Okay. But then I had to walk around with like this huge hickey on my mouth and everyone was like, oh my God, what happened to you? And I was like, I'm not going to tell people that some stranger I got... made out with in a club bit my lip. So Did you tell them you got in a fight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine me no, in a fight? I can never. Your fight would be like, I don't like your outfit. And I'd be like, ah. okay, anyway, God, we're so off topic. Um, this is what happens when you don't give us context. We just, <laughs> we just make riff. it up ourselves. Um, okay, so I wish my mother, like, um, instead of being like, I don't like your relationship, I wish she told me why, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, um, I dated someone who was a lot younger than me, heavily tattooed, was a heavy smoker. Um, and I never brought him home to my family mm-hmm. because at the time I was self-conscious that they would disapprove of these things. Now I am heavily tattooed. <laughs> um, so that doesn't really matter. Or like I've kind of grown out of that fear. For sure. Um, but like I was self-conscious that they wouldn't like that he was a smoker. Um, and I just avoided introducing them. That's I, sure. I don't have any good examples. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, when I was in high school, I had a best friend who was a girl, but I was not out. So my parents thought that we were dating. Yeah. And they didn't like her. But I only knew that because they would only talk. They would talk to each other about how much they didn't like her, but like not to me. How, did, were you eavesdropping? No, it would be. I would be like in the room. Like we'd be in the kitchen, <laughs> and then like my mom and would they be were like, like, "Take this, I'm gay." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, basically. Uh, no, but my mom would be like, she would be like to my dad, be like, oh, uh, well, you know, Sam will probably have to check with Renee if he gets to like come home after school tomorrow because we would always like hang out after school. And I was like, I'm in the, I can hear you. <laughs> but that funny. is my mother's conflict style. Yeah, I love yeah, her very yeah. much, but it's like <laughs> never direct, always to like the person to the left of you. And you're like, wait, you're is like, there something you want to say to me, mom? Yeah. That's funny because I know her yeah. <laughs> and I can picture it. She'll right. be like, I really like your shirt, Aaron. You know, and you're like, okay. Um, okay. Anyway, so 
we can kind of relate. We can, I can relate because um, I have definitely disliked my friends' significant others, and my friends have disliked my significant. Oh others. my god, I hated him. That's I right. Hated, I hated your boyfriend. <laughs> oh, I hated him so much. Oh, but he was so mean to me, and it was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> This is the unrequited relationship that he's talking about that yeah. turned into the worst relationship of his life. Uh-huh. Um, and then we lived together for two years afterwards. So like After they so broke up. I just want to say that. Okay. Yeah, so you don't have to be friends with your ex is the, lear- the lesson I learned from that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but advice time. Um, I think I just want to validate Anonymous right now and say that that is a... In any social circumstance, when there are multiple people at play that mean different things to you, mm-hmm. um, it is... The pull of your heart, right? Like, not to be too, like, poetic, woo-woo, hippie bullshit. But, like, you know, when you feel an onus to two different directions or two different people for different reasons, that's, like, a certain type of pain or slow burn torture. Yep. um, Because you feel like you're never making anyone happy. And and the last person you're going to try to make happy is yourself. Mm -hmm. Typically, um, so that's hard. It is hard. And and parents too, because you're. I mean, especially at like I think around my college age time, mm-hmm. which by the way was nineteen to twenty eight. <laughs> so <laughs> my twenties. Yeah, nine years to graduate college. Yeah. Um. I. I really was trying to figure out one who I was and who I was in context to my parents, mm-hmm. that uh, who you know. We, we all grow up with ideas of what our relationships will look like. And then we learn about the world right. <laughs> and learn more about ourselves and more about what does it mean to have a sustainable adult relationship with my family members, et cetera. And so I think it's just a, a, it's a particularly challenging time mm-hmm. to sort of um, to feel pulled in different directions that way. Yep. Um, yeah. Does it matter if your parents like your partner? I don't think that at the end of the day it matters if you are in a relationship that feels healthy um, and that doesn't have any significant sort of red flags in it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think that taking stock of how our friends and family uh, understand and appreciate the person that we're dating is important. If our friends and family are a safe place for us. Yes. Yep. Assuming that they are because we don't know from the context of your letter. Right. And it, and it might be that, you know, your mom, I mean, your mom has is a human, right? And so probably, and has very complicated understanding of the world. And is there a human? Be, probably. Yeah, probably. You never know. <laughs> Not enough context. She might be a robot. We talked about it. Um, but I think, you know, so there might be a multitude of different reasons why your mom doesn't like your boyfriend. And I would say, if you have this type of relationship, to even sit her down and ask her, do you like my boyfriend? And if she's like, eh, you can be like, what are some of the reasons, right? And if and then that's an opportunity to say, like, are these real reasons? Yeah. Like, is he sort of mean to me? Or does he put me down in front of people? Or comment on the things that I eat? Or yeah. talk about my friends disparagingly? Like, those are all things that I think are legitimate like red flags to look at. But if your mom is just like, I don't know, he kind of looks weird. Like then you can, then be, you like, can be like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe not, maybe not that important for me yeah. to take this, take stock of this. But I think, I think one of the things that I learned, uh, in to make my relationship better with my parents was to begin to treat them as real people and not as these like infallible things that I can't touch or I can't question. Critique, yes. Right. And instead saying to my parents, real things about how I'm feeling about the way that they're treating me, real things about, or real questions about how they feel about things. Um, And then once I got to know them more as people, it became much easier for me to be able to discern 
whether or not their opinion mattered to me in those moments. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Um, I want to talk about the boyfriend for a second. Yeah. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you felt unliked by friends or family of your partner? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you Are you fucking joking? Um, okay, so I'll answer that then. <laughs> Plenty of experience being disliked. Um, no, I... Uh, Here's a perfect example. <laughs> um, that tall, tattooed smoker mm-hmm. um, cheated on me Ugh. a ton. Um, and then I stayed together because I was like, hmm, boundaries, what are those? Um, <laughs> and uh, we, and his, his friends knew the situation. Yep. And I was like healing and dealing and maybe not healing in our relationship. So like I was extra needy. Right. I mean, if y'all have been cheated on and you stayed with that person, you know how fucking fragile and insane you become, Uh (laughs) you know? Um, And I wasn't doing the best job, like, fully dealing or I wasn't letting go of my hurt. And so I think that some of his friends didn't like how needy I was being, which is a totally valid valid thing. Um, But I can speak to the fact of the the idea of them not liking me made me really self-conscious and really uncomfortable in that shared space. Um, and so I, I feel for this situation I'm from more than one direction. Yeah. Um, but your boyfriend cannot hold that against you. Mm. I would be in that situation. If I were to be with that person still, you can just shoot me in the face. <laughs> number one, <laughs> I won't do that. But number two, um, uh, if I were to be with that person still and I would I would take out my anxiety about other people's feelings about me on my partner, right. that would be what would be unfair, especially with a relationship like a parent, one that you cannot that you under m- most circumstances cannot choose to to enter or exit. Right. You know? Right. So um I would just say to Anonymous, you're you it's if your boyfriend's hurt by your mother's feelings, if they're real, mm-hmm. um, then I am I feel for him, and I'm and I am sorry for that uncomfortable situation. But he, uh, you need to make sure that you need to recognize that this is not on you. Yep. You cannot control people's reactions. You cannot con- control your parents. You cannot. Um, you cannot make this more comfortable for him, really. Other yep. than hit, other than addressing your relationship with your mother and her understanding of your relationship. For sure. Um, you can't, uh, you're not doing anything wrong. So you don't need to feel bad. Mm-hmm. You can feel sympathetic. Yep. Oop, it's going down and then back up again. Yeah. <laughs> it's a metaphor for my relationship with that guy. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so yeah, I just don't want him to, I, from the very tiny context that I can glean from this, mm-hmm. I feel like Anonymous feels a lot of guilt about that and yep. stress and anxiety. Right. But I just want to tell you, Anonymous, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just dealing with what can be a very complicated, nuanced situation. Right. Yeah, and you can only affirm your your boyfriend so much, right? You can only say, no, I love you. I know that my mom doesn't really like you, and we can work to improve that. Like, let her get to know you a bit more. But you can only say that so many times. Uh, you can't force him to believe it, right? Yeah. And I think that's where we tend to sort of grind ourselves down is by like trying to get our loved ones to believe us. Uh, and it's like, we can't. You can lead a horse to water, you can't make a drink. But um, 
So it's not up to you to make him believe it. It's up to you to just continue to affirm and and talk about your feelings and make sure that he knows how you feel about him and that you can't do anything to make your mom like him. And if your mother doesn't like him, if that conversation goes poorly, and Sam and I are definitely saying have that conversation because like because life is too short to not communicate that's right yeah i mean we can we can you're you're probably hurting yourself more by not having a direct conversation right um but if you have that conversation make sure to like stow your heart to know that no matter what she says um it doesn't have a control over your life right. like she can say i hate your boyfriend i think he sucks and he has terrible credit right <laughs> but then you have to say you can think that because you're not dating him right yep that's cool. real all right, Anonymous, thank you so much for writing. Thank you. We love you. We love you. And your mom. <laughs> and your boyfriend, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We don't know a lot about him, so. <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, our last letter is also anonymous. Uh, Dear Sam and Sierra... After listening to and loving your podcast for over a year and a half, I was thrilled to find out that you'd be coming to OU. What's it, Boomer Sooner? Is that what we're supposed to say? Yeah. That's called pandering. <laughs> Ironically enough, just a few days after receiving the news, I discovered my good true love of nearly six months had been cheating on me by sexting literally dozens of women and then leading them on romantically as well. Time out. Let's talk about how shitty that is for the other women, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> Stop wasting my time, 2020. Continue. Okay. I was. <laughs> I'm I w- happily in a relationship. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I Just was- like in general, stop wasting my time. <laughs> I was shocked, to say the least, as I had done a lot of head and heart work after leaving an extremely toxic relationship several months prior, making our relationship one of intimacy, laughs, comfort, love, and respect. My heart is shattered. It feels like this relationship I held so dear that I worked so hard to cherish has been completely shattered before my eyes. It's not like he even made or it's not like he made one drunk or foolish mistake. Instead, he lied to me and purposefully hid what he was doing for months on end. My partner has begged me to reconcile. He claims he cannot imagine life without me, yet he engaged in this behavior every day of our relationship from the outset. To add insult to injury, when I was visiting family out of state for Thanksgiving, he took a random girl Black Friday shopping at my favorite store, a place we loved to go together. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's just like... Such a very very specific example, but like, yeah, that's rough. I want to know what store it was. I know, me too, because I want to go there. And I also want to be like, oh, you cheap bastard. You're going on the discount day? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to cheat on me. You can't even pay full price. (laughs) 
So I suppose my question is, what the hell do I do next? I am aching for him, and everywhere I go reminds me of him. We had so many happy memories and beautiful moments, but knowing he was unfaithful completely taints them for me. Is he a serial cheater, or is he a human that loves me and made mistakes? Does he really love me? Wouldn't good true love have been enough to keep him faithful? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Do I take him back and try to rebuild on the foundation I so lovingly created from maturity and respect? Or is it a lost cause since he had so little respect for the relationship to begin with? My heart is torn completely asunder. I feel like... Such a good word. I know, right? English major, probably. I feel like my person was just a mirage and I can't even begin face to face each day without a constant sadness enveloping me. I do not know what is real or what is contrived anymore. My head is spinning. I am broken and I need your help. Lovingly, T, who is writing from hell. Oh, T. Um, T, all laughs aside... Um, this letter uh, is a very powerful letter and we all know what it's like to feel so um, flabbergasted by Mm -hmm. life so shocked I love that you use the word mirage because so often in times of heartache um, we question what is real Mm -hmm. you know what what was real what can you still see and not see or what can you feel the essence of um i am a suck i'm a writer so i'm a sucker for metaphor but i always think about like a bed that was once shared with two people Mm. and like half of the bed stays made right you know and you like look at that empty bed and think Yeah, there are chimes. It's fine. Oh, okay, cool. No, that's fine. I just thought an angel was appearing. (laughs) Yeah, he's drifting down with the balloons. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. um, Anyway, so this is um, something very painful and obviously very relatable for For a lot of people. Um, I also think that it's really hard when you've put a lot of work into a relationship, too, and been like, okay, I'm going to do this right. We're going to be in communication with each other. We're going to be open and vulnerable. And then suddenly you're like, wait a minute. That was, first of all, all for naught because this relationship is over. And it was all a lie because it was completely one-sided. Right. Totally. I want to pull out something that you said. Um, You said, um, I'm aching for him. And I, everywhere I go reminds of him, of me of him. One, the the reminder thing is is valid, right? Mm-hmm. Like shared common space. It's really hard to like stop our brains from thinking the things that we remind us of things. Right. But I want to point out that you are not aching for him. Right. You are aching for this to have never happened. But I just want to plainly remind you that this happened because of his actions right he did this Mm -hmm. you're not aching for him you're aching for him to be a different person the person you thought he was you are aching for the lies that he told you Ooh, bitch yeah why you gotta say it like that (laughs) fuck (laughs) oh that's so painful go ahead right because like because so much of your relationship was built on the lies that he was telling you and so it i and I don't want to belittle the pain that you are feeling because it is very real. But the thing that you are hoping for was never real to begin with because he was never truthful with you. And that sucks so much. But it is also an opportunity for you to be like, wow, that was all a lie. The thing that I want with him, I never got and I can never have. Right. And so and also like he was a fucking asshole. So like, <laughs> just Who get rid of him. on a journey. He's on his journey. Yes, you're right. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We, uh, try, we try to humanize it because uh, 
Yes. Everybody makes mistakes. We've Everyone done, makes mistakes. We both shoot on mm-hmm. 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 yep. uh, um, <laughs> uh, Yeah, but like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out a piece of Sam Blackwell advice that he gave me the last time I was uh, rudely dumped. Um, I was like, oh my heart, I like just want him, like I want him in my life, and he's like, you're he's bad to you, and I was like, yes, but I want him in my life. And Sam said he actively chose to leave your life, <laughs> and I was like, oh dang, like his choices, his actions have told me whether verbally or not that he he doesn't want what we have. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden once I knew that um it, you know Lizzo style like if, if he doesn't love you anymore walk your finance out the door. Whoop. All of a sudden I was like, "Oh, okay. He chose this. There's nothing left for me to hold on to." Mm-hmm. And and it might be different with this situation because obviously he's repentant right now because he got caught. Right. But his actions chose to not have you in his life anymore for sure and i think you know for usually i would be like trying to look at both sides of this and be like well you maybe you could reconcile but for me the 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 fact that this happens and that you were putting so much work into this relationship and from the beginning he was cheating from the outset yeah uh just spells to me that even in this moment where he's trying to reconcile with you, he's not trying to reconcile with you because he wants to be with you because he had that opportunity and he chose not to like, not to use it to his advantage. He wants to get back with you because he wants the validation of the forgiveness. Right. And that is not a good reason to get back with someone. Yes. And so unless he is fully repentant, unless he is really owning what he did and how it hurt you, then I would say kick him to the curb and figure out how you can uh, move forward from this relationship. And one of the things that I'll say to you is that even though you spent so much time in this relationship and you put so much effort into it and it feels like it was worthless or not worth it, uh, the reality is, is that you have learned something from this. You have built up those skills of putting time and effort into a relationship. Even if it didn't work out, you have still practiced it, right? Honestly, and being in relationship requires oh practice God, sometimes. So and this was it. And it didn't work out, but you have learned from it. And I, that's great. I couldn't. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, so my girlfriend mm-hmm. um, is. The, she was in a relationship for several years before we met um, or before we reconnected. And um, <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> if that is not the ghost of our exes being like, fuck you, stop talking about me. Yeah, be like, who gave you permission to talk about this shit? You treated yeah, me horribly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I just remembered I had a dream that one of my exes confronted me about us talking about them on the podcast. Oh my God, it's a nightmare It's of mine. never happened. Somebody asked us once. It's never happened. But uh, No, I'm afraid that somebody's going to like post a Facebook thing i don't i'm not on facebook we're too accountable for them <laughs> I, we've we've owned every horrible thing we've ever done on that's true. air they'd be like yeah that's person cheated on me and be and like, like yes, yes i said that i talked about it in episode <laughs> seven through 20 uh-huh, that, i was talking about you if you remember yeah. okay anyway what i was saying was uh so my girlfriend's last girlfriend um they had a relationship that was very challenging um and went on for several years and ended in a fucking hot flaming pile of garbage the way that you know t- unhealthy relationships do yep um but 
she is so grateful that she had that time really honing those skills mm-hmm. and the skills that w- she was trying to apply to that unhealthy relationship to that person who, who couldn't meet her where she was at right. are so helping me. I benefit from that love. Right. So anonymous or T your love was not wasted mm-hmm. because there's a person out there who's able to meet you where you're at yep. and who's going to be able to utilize this or to, re- to reciprocate this time and love and effort and knowledge that you've gained along the way. For sure. And also to your point, like, like you were saying, you know, if he's like super repentant, he acknowledges like the time and mm-hmm. the hurt and everything. Yep. Like I'm over here, like just block this dude. Yeah, um, I mean that's what I would prefer, but sometimes I yeah you know, no, and and I'm not. You yell at me for saying block too many times. No, so. <laughs> no. Well, I'm just a sucker. I'm terrible at blocking people. Um, I'll do it for you. He, you have, you I know. have totally blocked my ex. And then I accidentally me. called him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember? Oh, my God. We were like, oh, yeah. Sierra handed me f- her phone at a bar, and she was like, can you block this guy for me? I was crying behind my sunglasses at yeah. a bar one And of I was days. like, yes, I will. And then I took it, and then I accidentally called him. But you didn't tell me for like a week. <laughs> no, because I was like, no, because if she knows, then she's going to freak out. So I just pretended. And then I blocked him. And I was like, how is she going to know that I accidentally called him? Because he can't contact her anymore. <laughs> I would have called him back and be like, oh, my God, Sam did by my accident. Like, please let me mother you. That like, is exactly why I didn't tell you. I know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so your love's not wasted, but I think that you should cut this person out of your life, not because he's not a valuable human being. Everybody is on a journey, every, and not even just a journey, because it's not like I'm this far in my journey and you're on my journey. Like For sure. You're like this far. And I hope that he learned from this relationship, too. Right. And, and, and how to treat people. And right. To, be appreciative of what you have and right. all of the important things that will help him be a better person in the future. We say that everybody's on a journey, but like, I don't want, I, I don't want us to think about that journey in terms of a race, right? Like mm. we're, an, I am no better than anyone else because I have um, a, a relationship. You are no better than someone else no. because you're married. Exactly. You know, I am no better than someone else, better or worse than somebody else because I've cheated on a partner in the right. past. Yep. Um, so he, he is, he is discovering as we all do, how to love someone by loving someone right. and how to not love someone by loving them poorly. For sure. Um, and so I'm not shitting on him, but I do think that you, to go back to him is to go back to the, to, to somebody that you feel inherently unsafe with. Mm-hmm. Is he a serial cheater you ask, or is he a human that loves me and has made mistakes? He's probably both. Right. Or, at least the latter. Right. <laughs> you know, like, is he going to do it again? Who cares? He did it once <laughs> for a whole fucking year. That's real. Um, and I just, I think that so often instead of the hardest thing about heartbreak is that we want none of it to be true. We don't want them to have cheated on us. We don't want our love to be wasted. We don't want them to have chosen other people over us. We, yep. All we do in heartache is grind ourselves against the reality mm-hmm. of what the situation is. We just throw ourselves at it, say, please don't be this. Please, you know, please love me. Please let this never have happened. Yep. Um, the most healing thing I've ever done to f- combat heartache is just to state things as they are. I loved a man for over a year. That man disrespected me and disrespected the boundaries that we established for our relationship. This hurts me. He is also capable of loving me well because I experienced that love. Mm-hmm. But that does not take away from the fact that there was an underlying sickness in our relationship that made it unsustainable for him. For sure. And all of those things are true. At the same time, the fact that you loved him once is true. 
that you still love him is true. That he loved you what seemed well is true. Mm-hmm. But he also hurt you. He he overstepped your boundaries. He disrespected you and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we can hold both of those things in our heart and give both of them equal weight, because the goodness is not weighed more does not weigh more than the bad. Yep. If you really look at that and you just accept all of those things to be true, then you know that he is not a safe place or a healthy partner for you right now and for that sure. you need space and time to heal. Absolutely. Without him. Yep. Block him. <laughs> <laughs> just just be like I I need a no contact for 3 months and then see how you feel later. I love your 3 month thing. I'm Why? always like, I'm going to block you for forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a sucker. Like, you know, I'm just a huge sucker. And all I want is for things to be okay. Like, I, uh, yeah, I'm a, just a huge sucker. Yeah. Earlier today on the fucking plane, Spencer and I were like, we could do a live show in XYZ cities. Like, we're trying to plan some more live shows. And he mentioned one city. And it's where my ex lives. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, I could do that. That's fine. I could do that. I could do that. I could, I could like not see him and go to this show. Or like but maybe I, we get like, like a coffee or something yeah, just no, to like make sure that everyone is okay. Like, I, want to, I want him to know that I'm in the town and like just so like, you know, he doesn't get like scared. But I'm just like saying right now, accountability in front of these hundred new friends of mine. I lied to your face. We should not go to that city. <laughs> Like, do not let me anywhere near that fucking city because I'll I will step over my own personal boundaries so fast. So fast. I don't know why I fucking do this podcast because <laughs> I can't give I can't take any of my advice. I'm like happily in a relationship and I would just be like, well, maybe we should get coffee because I'm afraid I hurt his feelings when he cheated on me. <laughs> anyway, this is all to say, um, T, we know that you're hurting. We know that this hurts. This hurts. And all of the things that you are feeling right now are real. Mm-hmm. But make sure you're not giving more space to the ones that feel good just because you want a cessation from the pain. Yep. There is growth in discomfort. There's honesty in discomfort. Like you are whole and lovable right now in all of this pain. And don't, don't lean back into a relationship that was unsafe in the first place to make you feel better from a wound that it caused. Right. Love that. Going to end on that one. I think one. you nailed it. Thanks. Good job. Thanks. You want a high five or is that too yes, butch? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. That is when we try and set you up with something that we think that you're really going to love. Uh, this week, our blind date is... It's an Instagram account um, by a writer and a therapist named Lisa Oliveira. Um, and her account is um, Lisa Oliveira Therapy. Um, and what, so like, we've seen a rise in like on, I love that everybody's on their phone right now. (laughs) We've seen a rise of like Instagram, um, self-help sort of culture and therapists, but I, I, I'm really all about this new trend of actual therapists being online and having, um, a, a platform for their resources. So I love the fact that this woman is actually accredited. Um, I love the fact that in her post, she, she posts things that are like just gentle reminders that are good for you to remember. You also, she also posts things like, uh, like lists that you can check yourself, like how to maintain a boundary or things that you, it's never your job to do, you know? Mm. Um, and then she also posts like reflections and prompts for you to journal, um, and so it's like very multifaceted in the content that she posts. Um, 
I also deeply love that she occasionally writes reminders from your therapist I'll because give. like, I don't know if any, who, anyone here is who, who is from therapy, like half of the hurdle that I had to overcome in therapy is like wanting my therapist to like me mm-hmm. and like bringing her gifts, being like, please love me. Don't think that I am, you know, like one time I was like, do you want me to bring you coffee? And she was like, no, Sierra, <laughs> I don't. And I was like, oh, we're not, we're not homies. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, Another huge reason why I am um, uh, shouting this person out, and we shouted out another account a couple episodes ago, um, is because just like people like to say you are what you eat, which is not necessarily real, um, we are a culmination of all of the different stimuli that we experience. Mm. And I often think that in the era of visibility, the era of the internet, the era of constant access to other people and ourselves, we forget that we can curate the fuck out of that. Mm -hmm. We can choose who we follow and who we subscribe to and the content and the messages that we're consuming so if you don't want to see your ex with their new partner like i'd really suggest filling your feed with things that make you feel good and not just make you feel good make you work towards the person you want to be wow i i I very much co-sign this person great and their name is lisa Oliveira therapy on instagram awesome uh so that brings us to the end of the episode um Thank you all so much Thank for being here. Thank you so much for coming. Here. This is amazing. Uh, you know, S- Sierra and I sit in uh, a room in Spencer's house and talk to each other uh, whenever we record this podcast. And it is so amazing and rewarding to be able to sit in front of all of you, for you all to ask your questions and to, to snap vulnerable. at us and, yeah. and uh, like share. Like snap like this, not yeah. like... <laughs> Uh, but and also to sort of share in the, these moments of, of people writing letters and really showing a lot of pain um, and to have this room be able to support them in the pain that they're going through and and affirm them in what they're trying to do is just so meaningful. So thank you all so much for being here and for being part of the, the community and family that you are all helping us create. Um, it's really meaningful for us. So just wanted to get that sappy we stuff out of the way. Right? <laughs> we yeah. do. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. That's right. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. Also, we have a Patreon episode up right now that is available to everyone so, so if, if you want to like check out what the patreon episode yeah so if about. you've always been curious about what our patreon episodes sound like go to patreon.com slash just break up pod you can listen to it there uh, and consider supporting us uh, after you hear it uh, this literally keeps the lights on it lets us come to shows like this mm-hmm. which is fantastic um, and it helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice original music recording editing and producing by our good friend big cats who's right here so Please give it up for Big Cats. If you like paranormal shit like Aliens, X-Files, Bigfoot, he has an awesome podcast called the What If Podcast. Check it out. And remember, we don't have to get it right all the time. In fact, that is impossible to do so. It is our responsibility to grow and evolve and push and lean into the discomfort and change our minds and try on new beliefs. 
you are supposed to learn and unlearn as you move through life, gaining new tools and better boundaries while putting down what no longer serves you. And if all else fails, just break up. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, <laughs> y'all.